starting with a moment of digital silence noticing all the viewers that are viewing this in some far off time all the listeners listening and i want to say welcome to underworld party and this conversation is being translated in real time to english so there will be some signal loss it's inevitable <laughs> so i really want everyone to understand this process of of what's happening and that not everything will be understood because it's not in its original language and i'm here i am here today with someone that i've known for a very long time and i've watched their work bloom in the world and been very jealous and very inspired and i really love the kind of accumulation over time and space that they have um you know fostered and stewarded and collaborated with and so i'd love to welcome to the party today m dudek and of course i want them to be able to play with introducing themselves so welcome to the party my friend thank you thank you thank you for welcoming me to the underworld actually and for this descent digital descent digital how many years i think i met you in 2003 actually yeah it was something like that mm -hmm. so in like this linear timeline that's like yeah just a little shy of 20 years yes <laughs> doesn't feel like that but actually yeah hi hi and um yeah what does it feel good for you like how does it feel good for you to sort of uh enter into the foyer here what clothes do you want to wear what declaration or song do you want to sing well, I, uh, one of the things that you talk about, well, more than you talk about, one of the things that you um, identified and put into, and translated into English, um, also translated into something for me, which is, which is this model of initiation. Um, and, and not just a model, a process, a program. And I mean, if, you know, when I try and think about what I do as an artist and as a witch and as, as dot, 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 all of those um, sort of prefab outfits from the matrix, that underlies a lot of it. And you talk about it a lot. Um, I, and, and I believe that also I was, I was compelled by a colleague of yours, Tada Huzumi also, talking about um, mimetic possession they were also talking about you and conversations you'd had with them and this this thing about initiation again and again <clears throat> comes back and 
you know, creating an artwork or creating a performance, creating a ritual, creating anything, like even this today, creating something that you invite someone into at its core, I think, is initiation ritual. Like you are initiating. If you're the inviter, then you are an initiator and you're, you create the opportunity for someone with their own free will to step into an alternate dimension. And then you hopefully, as the initiator, take on the spiritual responsibility for the beginning of that quest, but the quest continues as soon as the initiation is ended. So I thought maybe like, well, if, since you gave me the option, I mean, I feel I feel like initiation is the lubricant that I'd like to use to to um, to enter, to slide in uh, to to this world with you, maybe as a frame. I love it. I love it, and you know. Something that I've heard you talk about in other venues is when you get inspired or the muse, the gift is given, the, the sort of seed of this crazy idea is given and you undertake this journey to sort of make it real, put it, you know, take it from the so-called imaginal to the so-called material and then at a certain at a certain point you're sort of like the one carrying the baby, right? You're at a certain point you're like, oh, I'm pregnant with this child, and it's up to me to feed them and 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 then birth them and clothe them. At a certain point, though, in that process, the child is is born, and you're still taking care of it, and then it becomes a collaborative action in a community. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm. I think a lot about initiation being this movement from a kind of solipsistic navel gazing and, I, and I'm let me just say that navel gazing not in a maligned way but in a kind of like lower Dantian way where like you must gaze mm -hmm. at the navel because the navel contains the fucking nutrients mm -hmm. for your like emergence right nice nice I was gonna say it's a multitude in and of itself the navel yes. is also, I mean, that, yes, but yes, I also, I love navel gaze thing. And I, 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 I've tried to reclaim that. Sorry, but carry on. Yes, yes, yes. No, but I hear the, the reclaiming, I think, is important because it's a, it's a primal sort of tenet of like Qigong. It's like putting your hand chakras over your belly button and just actually putting attention on that space that is inside the belly button is a profound experience. And I, I think that, yeah. you know, that kind of navel gazing. So, so, so the child gestates and then is born and we're calling, you know, the spirit of the art is born. And then something happens where you recognize you have to start to let go of it and let it become changed by other people. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I think that, that, that both initiation and this sort of secondary phase of initiation, which is this sort of, uh-oh, you're not only mine anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think, mm -hmm. that, I think that both of us in our work for the past 20 years are at the stage of letting go and letting other people start to input into the, mm -hmm. the, the child, mm -hmm. as it were. And recognizing yes, yes, yes. that the recognizing that the child, like 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 I'm being initiated, you're being initiated, mm. but also the thing mm. that we have brought into the world or that has been given to us to bring mm -hmm. into the world is mm -hmm. also being mm -hmm. initiated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. I mean, it's, that's, it's so interesting when you talk about that because early on when I, you know, chose this path and said, okay, I'm going to like, you know, devote myself to being an artist in every way, meaning like I, I, I don't think I lived anywhere for longer than three months for a decade. I had to, um, I even personal relationships had to be reframed. So the best metaphor I used when I was getting close to people was like, basically, I'm a single mother, you know, I, 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 I'm responsible for this entity. Uh, and, you know, it's in its early years. So I'm also looking for people that like to be around that understand that this child needs the majority of my attention and also theirs. So um, but there was still for the first, I would say, really, maybe for the first seven years, also maybe because of the kind of uh, myopic self-interest that sort of surrounds the art world and the like the, the cult of the individual art star and stuff. I, I mean, I, I, I still exclusively was like, well, I'm this, I am the mother and I have to work. And I, and then that gradually, once the child got a little bit older, the being became a little bit more itself. I understood very much that myself and also the people that had surrounded it naturally without my design or intent were part of its community and then very and then that 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 was just like lovely <laughs> and then that rolled into a sort of a bigger understanding when I started to like well really when 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 specialists of different kinds uh were interested in different angles of my sort of queer mythology as art that were like they were like I could do that part or I'd like to see like they started to envision things that they would bring into the universe and that gave me this sense of what you just said was something I think I knew all along this was an end this was a world that chose me or I chose it or I mean this is two entities coming together through me through like you were talking about through my traumas through my all of my various processes got kind of pushed out into the world but then I understood that it, it not only is its own entity with its own will, but it also attracts who it wants. So I've now, now that I'm at the third stage, I would say we've, I've really moved into like a, like a faux production company to make my religion. The yes. way that a, you know, a television or a movie production company would make a film. I now have a team and it, the mythos is removed from me. There are still things that are canon that I, I, I just really quickly just talk, I guess, to them. And it's like, no, that's immutable. This can be changed. Like th there is that element, but I feel, and I, I, I believe my collaborators also feel that it's not really me that's setting the parameters. It's that I'm just, I just know the entity more. So yes. I, you know, but there is this incredible sense now of, of I think there's a word, it's, um, it's, a, it's, I think it came from the theosophists, it's called an egregore. Yes. It's a spiritual entity that is born when a collective, it's so, so like the Trump, um, you know, the MAGA thing has been referred to as an egregore. Yeah. Um, but it's like any time there's a sort of a, a community that centers around an idea or a vision or something, that right. is an entity that's, fed by the group, but then the entity becomes not necessarily more powerful, but powerful enough that it can start to direct the group. Well, it's, and it's I like, feel like, this yeah. Really, yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, go, it's go. funny too, because like in that moment, egregore, I really was listening to the egg part of that syllable, you know, the egg, 
Oh, fascinating. Yes. You know, yes, it's like like if you really yeah. listen, if you really listen to these concepts that many people have brought through, you can actually feel the kind of base of it, which is to say that like energy circulating amongst strongly enough in a certain form, in a certain form that has certain membranes and certain barriers and um, it allows in certain nutrients and not others, which is to be said, it allows in certain ideas and not others, certain behaviors and not others, right? Then you recognize that like all, all religion, all philosophy, all ideology, all, all all concepts, all aesthetics essentially, are are sort of these eggs of energy mm-hmm. that people feed and are fed by and it creates a kind of mutual amplification process right it's like a mutual and yes, i could yes, i could yes. just i could just say that that mutual amplification is essentially gravity being born because what you're saying is that like the child mm-hmm. that you brought into the world this entity now attracts others seemingly out of your own hands right it's like it has its own gravitational mm-hmm. pull in some yes. weird way right it's a weird uh, it definitely it's yes. a weird gravity yes. right yes 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 well it's funny though because when you know um i, I don't even know it, in this Last few years, I've been thinking, you know, when people say, okay, if you could reincarnate, you could choose what your next life would be. And I was like, more and more, I'm like, I think I'd like to be a solar system because I feel that that encompasses the most of like what I feel now, like being condensed into this, being condensed in this. But when I'm able to sort of spread out, I reach towards like an epic mythology or I'm interested in you know, people who've made elaborate worlds because the, that worlding speaks to a kind of overarching system that is so outside of space and time that involves so many elements, that maybe involves different kinds of space and time within it and manages uh, an orchestra, a symphony of, of, of spirals. And that, like, that encompasses the most of how I feel. And I was, I was at a stone circle in in Orkney, in the in the in, in the north north of Scotland, with with a collaborator, and they the stone circles are very powerful, and I do get like I get like very clear memory images when I'm there. But this one in particular, it was called the Stennis Stones, was so potent, and as soon as I entered, I just started weeping, and and it was it was pouring rain, and I was weeping, and you know it was that deeper weeping. I didn't even know what, but my friend. Uh, is a writer and so she really likes to work in words and she asked me why I was crying and it just came out of my mouth it was the the pain of this massive expansional exponential energy being condensed into this tiny pill that was so like that that I've been coping with all of my sentient life this 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 strain this and so everything it be, and then she said oh of course you world build of course you deal in like huge myths and huge histories because you're just trying to get back to that expansiveness and that was really the first time I was like oh that's actually my part one of my existential aches is in my inability to spread yes and you know I don't know sometimes when I get stoned like really stoned I have this feeling in my hands and it's like it's like my hands, the energy of my hands want to sort of spiral out into these giant 
balloons of energy, but they can't. There's some little limitation field that, and it just, and then I'm like, I feel a version of that spread, but then I'm like condensed, condensed, condensed. Right. And right. this is like, and so when with other people, like when it potentially becomes a bit of an egregore and other people are, and that's also the energy of communal creativity, suddenly you're like, oh, it feels like being in a solar system. Totally. It feels like we're all orbiting the same thing. That aspect of like surrendering ego, but also allowing the shape of the entity to attract other beings also gives me the feeling of what I'm craving being yes. in a human body of of that level of expansion. Yes. So. Yeah, that, that, that tensegral spreading that you speak of, which is like kind of, when people think of spreading, they sometimes think of complete release or relaxation. And I don't think that's true because what it is, it's just kind of suspension from all sides. It's like because gravity, if there's a bunch of beings with enough gravity, then anything in the orbit of those beings is essentially being suspended between them all. Fascinating. Right? Fascinating. And what I've, what I, I wrote this article that I think, I still think is a fucking great article called the ODDI method of like trauma remediation, which is the O stands for orientation and the D, uh, one of the D's stands for differentiation. But the another D stands for distribution. And I actually think that distribution is the action of this spreading that, that is not dissipating. Uh-huh. Because if you spread too if you spread too far, energy dissipates and then you don't have anything. And then it's like well, Yes. Yes. But if you yes. have yes. this if you have this kind of distribution between sort of points on a node, like nodes in a network, right? Yes. Or yes. like or orbits, you actually like get a spiral because it's yes. still contained it's just yeah. not it's just it just has more room to breathe and pulsate yeah. right yes yes but also like you were saying what an interesting sort of development of the metaphor which isn't maybe even a metaphor uh of 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 the ability for gravity to hold those parts from yeah. dissipating which i i don't know i don't i'm not an astronomer but i think that those parts eventually can combine together and then we can make can make a planet or can make a star right like right. like right. So, so, the, so that, that there's the in this this thing that you're doing with your hands which i also teach people very early on in the training which is just make this gesture and mm. don't do anything else for like five minutes and I'm doing that without knowing it that's okay. yeah because this thing that you did also which is like one spiral meeting another spiral and then those spirals mm. synchronizing in some oh. regard like the synchronization the synchronization yes. of disparate spirals into something yes. that could be considered one spiral yeah i do think is like a fundamental part of like birth like and i'm not talking just about like mammalian birth i yeah. I'm, I'm go i'm where you are kind of where like how the fuck are stars born Yes, yes, yes. You know, yes, like yes. what? Like, how is a star and a planet and all black holes and all this beautiful? And of course, the macro and the micro are reflections of each other. So mm. I do feel that us being in these forms, which are tiny condensed versions of universes, right? Like I'm yeah, a tiny yeah. Milky Way or something. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm just trying to reify and replicate the natural. Um, process of like universal creativity 
And part of that also is like replicating my trauma or replicating mm -hmm. what didn't work. But when mm -hmm. we look at when we start to look at art and the fact that humans kind of need to make things. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. humans are makers and crafters or custodians or stewards or gardeners. All of these are pointing to the same gravity, right? Mm -hmm. That 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 humans can somehow manipulate material or ma let's call mm -hmm. it materia as in like mm -hmm. the living material and manipulate mm -hmm. it in ways that are inspired by things we cannot see mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. like you have to be able to imagine a, a structure where does that imagination come from before you build it right and then mm -hmm. when you're when you're working with the raw materia the raw mm -hmm. materia speaks back to you about what it can become so so it's not as, it's not as simple as an all-powerful creator who takes clay and turns it into a person it's about the interaction between the clay as a being and mm -hmm. the creator as a being and then when mm. those two interact there is mm -hmm. something that is beyond just the mother and the father or the material mm -hmm. and the maker mm -hmm. right yeah Yes, but then also I think um, you know the 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 trauma, the trauma being the sort of uh, the the uh, temporal passageway that that energy entity has to go through for for this particular translation at this particular time. I think you're right about this notion, or uh, you're right. I I I <laughs> align with what you're saying in terms of. Um, Wait, we, were, we were also talking about Dune and the, the um, you know, the, the, the author putting in their trauma, working through their trauma with this bigger entity, right? So I almost see it like, you know, when you when you have to, I don't even remember the name, that if you have to like pour oil into a bottle, you use that kind of saucer thing. You know, it takes that big thing, condenses it down into a short line so that it can fill the bottle. I mean, I think that's what the artist is doing, but by bringing their trauma, um, and working through their trauma, then that's what makes it applicable to so many other people because the, the trauma that they we inherit is not our trauma alone. It's the, the thing that we're still working through collectively that we haven't figured out. And each generation adds some, you know, and the art becomes the receptacle of all of those workings through, which is why you can see these gorgeous patterns when you look at yes. art over time periods. You see this this flow, this this wave, but. I mean, the, this, what you said about us making. Okay, can I say something? Because yes. I, I, this also, we, we did talk very, 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 very at the beginning and then started to record um, and we were like, let's wait. Because this actually came to me from like a ufologist who I really respect. Her name is Linda Moulton Howe and she has a weekly um, show. But she, one thing that she talks about over and over again again from having talked to abductees and also apparently like military personnel that know things is that part of the benefit of this particular universe um, and possibly our planet I don't know if I know I don't know if I know enough that time and space are specific to this planet or to this universe etc but one of the great benefits of this training program is that we have a delay between intention and manifestation and that delay enables us to become more responsible makers, 
because potentially when we're not in a body and we're not in space and time, the things that we imagine become realities as soon as we imagine them, like in dreams. That's that's the, the closest reference that I have. So so when I think about one of the one of the tools of this program, it's like okay, so I think of the thing, and maybe I maybe I glimpsed it in its um, interdimensional form and then I imagine how I could translate it into this earthly realm but there's time between when I thought of that and when it actualizes and that time is given to me to actually think through okay which trauma am I going to use to work through? which is the most relevant where do I situate it who needs it the most like and, and, and also, is my ego involved? Is this just, is this serving no one? Maybe this is just a secret image to make for myself or like that process, I think that that time delay is our window for our training. I think, I think that's, if I had to really, you know, summarize what I think this particular incarnation is about, is about learning how to be responsible in that delay. Totally. Period. Yeah. yeah. And you know what's interesting to me, if we really want to blow our own minds, is then that means that this potentially means that this human incarnation is a macro initiation ritual. Yes, totally, totally. And this is why it resonates so much with your continued, um, I don't want to say preoccupation, insistence upon initiation as a model. Because you're right that any time that translation occurs it's an initiation but anytime that translation is shared it's a mass initiation and so you're continuously reiterating or re-beginning yes. <laughs> this 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 birth yes and 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 potentially this universe will exist until we've ironed out all of the trauma that has served as right. sort of certain blockages for that for that right. passage of of, right. um, of information. Totally. And something you said in a previous interview that I really resonated with was the re in religion. Mm. Mm. And I'm wondering because you have been, mm. for those who do not know, you have been, your child entity is a queer interdimensional religion as art as religion. <laughs> <laughs> that includes that includes images, icons, ritual movements, um, new body shapes, uh, a whole language. You know, like so. The so the entirety of world building is not just conceptual for you, but but becomes the material and becomes the action by which you create it. Right, like yeah. the action by yeah. which you are making the art in a ritual format being witnessed making the art is in yeah. itself you know so so this this process of sort of reflecting universal law <clears throat> which is also biological right like you're you're reflecting yeah. a kind of bio animacy right like this like yes bio spirit animacy right like where biology yeah. and spirits are actually entwined in the Animacy, the messy of it all. The... Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Messy and also messy. Yes, also. totally. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on the re and religion and the sort of like process by which you have embodied this undertaking for 20 years and what that does to you physically, mentally, emotionally, etc. Like, 
I'd really just love to hear your inner feelings on this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it broke up a little, but I got, I think, the gist and that we're also communicating non-verbally. So I think I can follow it. Um, yeah, re, re, re. And not just re religion, but like sort of remixing, reconstruction. I'm just, I mean, any word that starts with re is somehow sacred to me. But when, when I first, I think it was, <clears throat> well, okay. Reli I'm also a scholar of religion. So, you know, it's important to say that like religion is a, it's a bit of a lie. It was created by the academy. It's a, it's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a framework that is based in a Judeo-Christian lens. So basically it, it presupposes that the ultimate religion is Judeo-Christianity and, and sees all these other different manifestations of, uh, I don't know, belief system, ritual, la la la, in, in somehow the same category. But like, so, so well, I read this beautiful author named Daniel Dubuisson, who's a religious scholar, and he says, you know, there are people with, um, what's the word, with, with uh, well, with the people that genuinely believe that religions exist everywhere. People do generally believe that because of the way that language has codified all of these behaviors in the world. But what they don't realize is that they're looking at practices, a myriad of various different practices through a presupposed lens. So I, I first of all, I try and problematize that. Second, um, you know, religion comes from Latin uh, 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 religio, which was Roman and meant something totally different in the ancient world. It meant the precise application of like methods to appease a precise God. So it almost meant piety or orthodoxy in, in Rome. But then it, you know, it goes through all these remixes and then it comes into the English language. And there's still debate about where, because religione is not the same as religion, there's debate about where, it, how that happened. And Joseph Campbell gave my favorite uh, definition, or not definition, my favorite etymological interpretation of, of where it came from. And he suggests it comes from religare, which in Latin means to bind again. And my, and it's so funny, we were talking about navel gazing. My image for that was always that, that you have an umbilical that connects you to the, to the, to the grand dance. Um, but but this world uh, is a jungle and it's a bloody mess and that umbilical gets broken. It will and you rip it out sometimes. But it's the act of plugging back in ritually, repetit repetitively, that connects you to that source. So, you know, I've often said, to, or I said to a lot of people that were coping with a pandemic, is like, have a practice. Yes. It doesn't even matter what the, it doesn't even have to be spiritual. It doesn't even have to, it doesn't have to go anywhere. Just have a practice and repeat, repeat. It's, it's actually enormously simple. It requires you, you can do it with any belief system, any, anything, just that level of repetition creates a practice. And so religion, um, I, I have a practice of religioning, um, my religion, I, I am, I, you could say, I am religious <laughs> about my religion that I've invented. But my religion is an attempt to show that religion is world building. That's actually that what we are. And OK, I'll go forward. I'm going to use the word, even though it's problematic. 
um, but like religions or organizations of spiritual meaning um, are designed in a sense to make world. They create world. They create a shared mythology. They create, they, 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 I mean, they, religions were the original public health administry, you know, like, like everything in like, I think it's Leviticus or Deuteronomy. I forget which one is the one that's like, don't eat, don't eat the pig or, and don't eat the, any animal that has a clove. Yes, you're here. Back? Yeah, I was like, don't eat the cloven hoof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, don't eat the cloven hoof at that point was like, okay, like a lot of people got sick and died and when they ate the meat from the cloven hoof. So like, let's put it into a document. And also, you know, even in the Old Testament, there's like the description of what the priests wore and the particular stones, the 12 particular stones that were on the front, you know, it, it's a it's a I mean like Dungeons and Dragons it's a whole world that you it's a it's a virtual reality program that you can plug yourself into that makes meaning of this and so it's it by world by, by building one as an artist by world building a it's just nerdy and fun but B it demonstrates that that's what that's why religion is so powerful because it's it's uh, it, it codifies culture. And so to hack it, like Timothy Leary in the, in the 60s wrote a book called Start Your Own Religion. And um, he basically argued, and I, I think that, I think he was a kind of um, a cultural engineer of what we would call invented religions now. He said, you know, you, you can't undo the programming of whatever system you were raised with. So that's like, that is in the DNA. So we can't literally make a new religion. You have to remix what's already been pushed on you. But if you do that, then you not only reclaim it, but you, you can actually produce your own sort of spirituality, but you have to pick a, a focal point. So his argument was basically like, pick a story that you are drawn to. And that story then can be like, you know, what do you do? You read the Bible, Jews, I was raised Jewish. Jews read the Torah throughout the year. So, you know, every week is a different section of the Torah. And then they, there's commentary and there's rituals and there's traditions around. It. He basically said, OK, just do that with any story you like. Ritualize it. Make it that center point. And like, there you go. Then take some psychedelics, initiate yourself on the path and then boom. And I, I you know, lots of Lord, there's Lord of the Rings religions, there's to, there's um, Star Wars religions, there's Cthulhu religion, there's all these religions that that new religions that have come out of stories that really resonated with right. the people that it was communicated to at the time. That is the essence of a religious practice. And so I would argue that there's people that are religious about sci-fi that don't think they're, they wouldn't call it religious. Oh, totally. But no, it, but they are. Their, <laughs> it provides a cosmological map, but they are. They're, they're actually orthodox, devotees. Yes. And you know, when you're talking with friends or something happens in your life and your friend quotes Gandalf or Yoda, I mean, give this 300 years, give this 500 years. If people are still quoting Yoda, then Yoda will have the same, um, aura of christ totally it, it works in the same manner right so yeah so i'm i'm remixing it i i i i'm 
So sometimes glitches happen in the matrix because we are in the matrix. And the matrix has a matrix inside of it, which we are using to communicate. So there are some things. But what I really am looking at currently and what's ping-ponging off of what you're saying is a few things. One is that part of making is storytelling. Yeah. And, and dreams are stories that happen that we don't choose. <laughs> so, the, so storytelling is happening whether we like it or not. So someone could say, I'm not a storyteller or, or like I'm not creative. And then you could go, yes, but what about dreams? And they're like, oh, okay. So there's, so there's something about the fact that we dream, even if we don't remember it, that again proves the point of what we're talking about, which is like whether you're choosing or not choosing is not even a choice. There is a storytelling um, uh, effect or process that is coming through us that is very strange and, and magical. And sometimes we take those dream stories and we make things in the material world around them or through them. And the thing that you mentioned about Leary, which is choosing a focal point, I think is very important because it seems that just doing that, finding a center and orbiting around it, which is essentially saying finding a resonant umbilical origin point and just and just deciding just kind of fucking deciding okay well i really like i really like this this string of words or this image that is a new umbilical cord suddenly that there is a, an irradiation and again this is like the spreading out from the center thing which is like spreading out from the center in all directions. And this happens especially if you focus on something when you're high or in trance or taking psychedelics, mm -hmm. is that once you, if you focus on a primal image or a primal sensation or a primal emotion, it will irradiate out and bloom into something that is sort of has, has kind of like concentric rings, which looks like a planet because planets do that. Planets have a core and a mantle, and then all these layers, and then, so so it's like the so it's like the universe sort of repeats itself, which is there's a point, it any point can be a new center, any point can be a new node, a planet is also a node. There, therefore, therefore, by doing anything like this, you expand Indra's net. You create a new mm -hmm. node. You create a new node mm -hmm. in the old network, which might be a remix of another node, but it doesn't matter because it's mm -hmm. essentially a child of a child of a child of a child. It's a node yes, of a node of yes. a node of a node, right? Yes, 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 yes. But, yes, but there, is this, there is this. There is this <laughs> yeah. thing about essentially impregnating, like let's like like for real, impregnating a center with energy from attention. And that attention blooming it in a 360 degree like irradiate radiation, right? Like irradiated from yes, the center. Yeah. Yeah. And then from yes, that, yes. and then the bigger that radiation gets, essentially the more chapters and characters you have in your story because you can essentially yes. run a, yes. you can essentially run around it infinitely because now yes. you oh, I'm gonna go visit the Shire and now I'm gonna go visit yes. Mount Doom. Because yes, suddenly, yes, yes. suddenly, Middle Earth is now a node that's big enough to walk around in. 
Yes, 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 yes. And to hope, well, but okay, the, the other thing, and that's so interesting because I think like, okay, most people, most artists slash authors who like world build, the, the traditional format is, is a novel, likely because creating a whole world is a, is a taxing endeavor, but you, you can do it with words without the labor of having to construct it. And you can also, in words, you can describe things that are that you need CGI and a team to be able to do in another format. As a, as a principally visual artist, um, or within that sort of camp, and a world builder, I've had, I have enormous freedom. I don't have to be linear, you know, I don't, nothing is like chapter, nothing is published and becomes canon and becomes concise. I can change it. And I feel, because I've been doing it for 13 years, this particular one, I feel like I'm an archeologist more so than a maker because I go back to something I did three years ago and it's, I treat it as an artifact, even though I created it. I'm like, okay, that was found then um, so, it, and maybe I ignored that area for seven years because it wasn't interesting. Suddenly I'm looking at it and then I'm like developing and it's in a whole universe in and of itself, this tiny artifact. And as, and I get to go, you know, really wherever I want. And, and now, as I said, working with other people, people saying, oh, I like that one. Or like, there's like a big novel now. So we're having to make some decisions about what to, this comes from. And then I have two collaborators that are working on they're like, there's like a third planet that I had just like, I was like, I don't know much about it. Like it's there, it plays a role much later. It's got to have these ruins on it, but I don't know. And then two people were like, can we do that one? Can we do that planet? I was like, okay, totally. Like that's actually more than you have to ask. That's your, you've chosen it, it shows you. So now they're crafting it. I don't know what's happening. It's super interesting because whatever they come up with, I'm going to have to, you know, marry with this mythology, but it's alive. And, and, and the fact that they're covering that part and I get to sort of do the other one means it's endless. Like you just, it, that is also the expansionist feeling that I try to have of like, of, of, of like endlessly being able to sort of zoom in and make a whole universe out of, ah, oh, that's corny to do a grain of sand, but it is. It's There's so, so is. many little tiny pieces that are always available. And well, I, I think that- game. Yeah, and that's also kind of what you're saying. I did, I, I many years ago, I worked with um, uh, Marina Abramovich and she did had this training method thing and we had to go into her cabin and not eat for three days. And one of the assignments was to pick a spot in nature and just stare at it for three hours. And she said, the more uninteresting, the better. Totally. So I went and I found this spot that I was like, okay, this is like actually boring. Like it's just like <laughs> at the time, like this is just like literally like some grass and there wasn't even a tree. And I just sort of, and uh, I, you were supposed to stay for three hours, but she was going to come collect you with this little bell, but it never came. So I didn't stop and I didn't like, I didn't go back for lunch. I was like left in there and I didn't have where we weren't allowed to have cell phones. So I didn't know how long I'd spent turned out I'd spent five and a half hours and I thought it was maybe just three and I wrote about it and it's a film what happened you know like like literally as soon as I saw these little weird wasps and I saw the way that they like they do this sudden weird jumping movement and they, it seemed as though a bunch of creatures very small creatures were gradually made aware of me and then scanning me and then went back to their business and but then what and I remember the caterpillar moment like it was like crescendo when the caterpillar came in 
And this is, was her point, right? Like you just, that thing that you pass that looks like nothing, if you just stare at it yes. for three hours, you, it's, it's a whole myth. It's a myth and it's giant. And it's up to you to remember that. And you're, that's, it's up to us. Hopefully I would even say it's up to artists to inspire people to remember that totally. in every moment of their life that yes. they're making meaning that, you know, when you're bored, I, I mean, I, I, I struggle when people tell me they're bored because I'm like, <laughs> we have access to so many things and your consciousness needs so little to focus on and develop. Like, you know, at, at your disposal is, is an arsenal of creative material that, that you actually need nothing to, right. to develop, but you need encouragement and you need, and the world needs um, example of how that's to do the, that. That's so. the thing. Yeah, yeah, so I'd love to talk to a little bit now, a little shameless plugging, a little kind of like my own world building with Please. Animist yeah. Arts, because yeah. what I recognized being a sort of stop-start artist who is constantly struggling to survive and sort of had a lot of health issues and so couldn't really be an artist the way that you're supposed to be or whatever. You know, there's this narrative yes. about success yes. and failure and it's bullshit yeah. but whatever yeah yeah i started to have to realize over time and learning very embodied improvisational techniques clown techniques weird just weird shit like to be mm -hmm. able to go oh an index card is actually a ritual site mm. Mm. so mm. and getting to mm. the point or getting to the point where like um this three, this three foot by three foot square on the ground is the ritual site, and you have to make a performance art inside of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and you're mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. Uh, I start singing, and then I do this thing. It's like, whoa, you can do a lot in a very little mm -hmm. amount of space, but you have to charge that space with mm -hmm, intent mm -hmm. and a kind of, um, almost like a kind of uh, barrier. You have to sort of make a barrier or a circle. You have to kind of set, you have to set an arbitrary limit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the arbitrary mm. limit is essentially, um, I think, the kind of gas, the fuel. Mm. You know, like the mm. arbitrary limit is suddenly the fuel by which you can create something. And what I've started to recognize lately through all of my various little experiments that I'm doing for my own benefit, really, um, mm. Like I made a new po I made a new poetry process called Afropoiesis. You know, like I do mm -hmm. these weird I do these things where I take etymology and I take stream of consciousness and I take exquisite corpse and I take mm -hmm. kind of cut ups and I take these kinds of bibli bibliomancy randomization mm -hmm. and I sort of it's all it's all like part of a divinatory journey. And I don't know what's gonna happen, but I set an intention and I just go into it and see what comes mm -hmm. out. And mm -hmm. through that process of like etymological research, but also experimental praxis or, you know, research as experimentation, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I come up with a kind of thing that then becomes a new umbilical. So now my new umbilical is Afropoesis. But mm -hmm. then, fr but even in the last three days, that has spawned a child called Afropoesthetics. Mm. You mm. know? So, like yeah 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 that one yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. so like yeah, yeah. so like from from afro from aphrodite and poesis from poesis you know which is yes, the root of yes, poetry yeah. and then yeah. now suddenly aesthetics or aesthetic 
coast mm-hmm. or or these 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 words coming together and now i'm sort of those beings are talking to each other in the petri dish of my mind right mm-hmm, 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 and mm-hmm. i'm saying all this not because the content is important this is also mm-hmm. the thing i'm starting mm-hmm. to realize as an artist the content is almost a part of the arbitrariness of the limit Yes, yes, yes. That actually yeah. that actually what seems to be happening for me personally as like my body is a kind of ritual site, an altar, my body is an mm-hmm. altar, mm-hmm. is that is that there's a kind of rhizomacy happening, a rhizomatic storytelling, which is like what you're talking about, mm-hmm. a nonlinear infinite game in which mm-hmm. in which nodes can speak at any time. And mm. they only connect via a kind of intuitive sense. Mm. Like mm-hmm. it's almost mm-hmm. as if it's almost as if to take your archaeology thing, which really mm. fascinates me because I think mm. that that's also very apt, is that mm. somehow you find pieces of a novel ten thousand years from now, and they're just fucking pieces. Mm-hmm. There's no mm-hmm. there's no page numbers. Mm-hmm. You don't mm-hmm. know. You, there mm-hmm. might be from different books. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. there's a there's a treasure chest of them in a pile. Yes, 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 yes. I love and, it. And and you've discovered this, and now just like a little child, every fucking little tiny piece of paper with markings on it, some of which are half markings, some of which are symbols, some of which are like intelligible, blurred by water stains and blood stains mm-hmm. and coffee mm-hmm. stains. Mm-hmm. But you, as the sort of archaeo archaeo explorer start mm-hmm. putting these little scraps in patterns on the floor yes 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 and you totally. start dancing and you start dreaming and suddenly they infect your dreams at night yeah. so so for yeah. me this rhizomatic process for mm. me is both the wellspring of all new content mm. but mm. actually mm. like what i'm saying is the exploration of new content is actually mm. more here's where it gets hard to talk about the exploration mm-hmm. of new content is an integral part of the discovery of the original content yes 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 okay i think i said that succinctly in a way that like yeah actually yeah yeah is yeah, yeah, functional. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, but it's also connect. It's it's. I mean, the images I'm getting also from that connect me right to when you were describing earlier the kind of the breaking apart. At, what was the word you used? Sorry, I take notes because I very quickly forget a word. Oh, you used a good word to describe when they come back together. But that um, I can't find it. Um, I wanted to say something because you were talking about. Um, quote unquote success and art and you know um and when you talked about your art practice or or your recipes for making um i think that you know the art as in even thinking of maybe the old idea even of like magic as art etc like the art is not necessarily in my mind it's not necessarily those things you make it's it's how you are right how you embody it right and so like your for instance your presence and i don't even know what's so fascinating is i don't i even don't know what to call you in that like on some hand i i would say public intellectual on another hand i would i i mean what what you do also using the social media frame but also this and you know making 
having these conversations publicly, yes. um, not knowing that much about your daily practice, I consider that your art, right? Yes. I see that that's your art. Uh, or and, and me, even like I recognize that, yes, I make things and I make them with my hands and they're things that look like what people understand art is. But those things and even those events are not the art for me. The art is is what I'm carrying with me, how it moves with me. And all of that is just, you know, the matrix, like working within the matrix and plugging it in wherever possible. So I when you describe these uh, procedures that you have, I, I recognize that they might be towards, I'm, I'm sure you make artworks that are, you know, um, how would I say this? <laughs> well, more like art artworks. I'm sure you make, I know that you've also, I know some of your work in the past, but I don't know that that is even the art. The art is your ability to condense those experiences and put them into words or 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 present them so that other people can apply them and i've often felt like I, I i'm a performance artist even though i'm not really performing very much i'm in a traditional way i'm writing and i'm drawing and la la but i'm a performance artist because i think my task is to embody this even when i talk about it to like hey they just created their own religion that's a spell Yes. Because suddenly it activates a bunch of questions and then those people are like, how is that possible? That that's a, <laughs> how do you do that? Like that. And I think that you do that, too. So I, yes. I, I'm just curious in terms of your own framework, if you create a separation between like, OK, like I want to make art or I want to make a dance performance or I want like if you want to make something that falls into that thing. If that for you qualifies as art and the, and what you do for the world, <laughs> which I see is very artistic yeah. or rooted in what we call art is, I would say that's even more your art. If I was to yeah. describe what, you know, who you are, I would speak to how you're shaping totally. culture. That's yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I'm a kind of I think I fit into a category that might be um just nameable as like a meta artist or something like mm -hmm. like i'm interested i'm interested in in how we transfer through scales of attention like mm -hmm. like there is a there's a scalar aspect to witchcraft there's a scalar mm -hmm. aspect it's like you zoom in you yeah. zoom out you go up you go down and you, yeah, yeah, the point yeah. the point isn't to be like oh I only go to the underworld or I only go to the upper celestial realms it's like no yeah, because yeah. there is no up and down there's just relative up and down so so part of the embody so part of the embodiment praxis which is actually highly functional is to take our material ability to know that up and down are sort of fixed because of the north mm -hmm. node and all of the like beautiful earth. stability of earth and take yeah. that as a um space suit like you mentioned earlier into yeah. into yeah. those realms which do not have that as a fixed point or a fixed yes, mode yes yes, yes and yes, so yeah and so i'm trying to shape but I, I I also realized I was given some gifts and and in one one particular um, journey in South America that I talk about sometimes to people, which is totally fine, is I was given a real big 
hit. I was given like the journey of journeys where I was like in the dream world and in the real world completely simultaneously for like nine hours. Mm. So I could I could see and hear everyone around me. I could see in the dark. I could hear mm -hmm. thoughts. I could see animals coming out of people's bodies. I could see mm -hmm. sounds becoming images, becoming form. Um, mm. Spirits would come through the walls and talk to me. Also, my ancestor would come out of my liver. You know, it was like a mm -hmm. it was a real mm -hmm. thing where like all at the same time it was like I had seventeen brains and they were all they were all functioning. So it was like I could do sort of this like multi-layer mm. processing thing where like mm. one mm. one one brain could be listening to a song and repeating it while another brain mm. was talking to this old woman while another mm. brain was like make sure you mm. don't get dehydrated you know like there was mm -hmm. a real mm -hmm. it was a real mm -hmm. like it was a real like oh this will probably be what it's like when we are able to hook into other networks and increase our computing power of our brain. You know, it was like, oh, it's already in here. Like the system already, the system already mm -hmm. contains the plugs for devices that don't exist yet. Yes, yes. So I have a comment on that, but finish. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I was I was having this multi-sensory virtual, not virtual experience, which was very real and very meaningful. And one of the major dream worlds that I went to that stayed like as a baseline was there was an amethyst bridge so it was a it was a giant bridge that was made of like these purple and blue stones and it was a very big bridge and when I'm saying big I mean think Champs-Elysees in Paris like like it was a fucking bridge that was like you could live on that fucking bridge it was a big ass bridge but on each side of the bridge was a kind of mist there was a kind of mist on each side so you couldn't see what was on the other side but you could see the bridge and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and at any given moment i'm telling i'm saying that thousands of creatures were crossing that bridge in every direction like mm -hmm. to a point to a point where like it looked like there was only two ends like you like an entrance and an exit or whatever you want to call it, like two ends of the bridge but but when you were in the middle of the bridge you were like no, there's like it, it's the entrances and exits are all around in a circle, right? So there was this sort of metaphysical. So there was this metaphysical bridge, and so the first. So the first thing is that the bridge gave me its name, and it's like this is the Twilight Bridge, and I was like, okay, this is a Twilight Bridge. Okay, fine. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is a place that exists. I'm here. I feel really at home here. There's just millions of beings coming and going, and I had this rush of energy in my heart. I can have, feel it now as I'm talking. It's like, whoa, the nexus points. It's like a nexus point, right? Now, the second thing is that one of the brains that I was hooked into asks the kind of stupid but profound question, um, so what's my job here? Like if I'm here, what am I supposed to do? And yeah, through cool. through an embodied process of sort of being in this vision, they basically just like put a little clown hat on me and a little um, a little like um, busker apparatus. Like so, there's like a hat with some money in it, and there's like a little there's like a little game that I'm playing where I'm like sort of giving out maps to people, but the maps are just my drawings on pieces of paper. Right, it's like. Ah, uh, but you're but you're telling them their maps. And and people are actually and people are actually like looking at the map and getting a download and, and then getting going the information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yes, yes. so I'm basically yes. looking at these maps and going, these maps have no meaning for me. 
Mm-hmm. And yet, inherently. and inherently, like, I'm like, I don't know what this means. I'm like, this is just yeah. complete random yeah. scribbly nonsense with words on it. Yes. And yes, then, yes, then yes. some being would come out of the mist onto the bridge uh, in a sea of beings, right? Because there's like thousands mm-hmm. of beings. They look like all sorts of things, like ogre people, 14-headed things. Like, I'm like, well, this is mm-hmm. crazy. But mm-hmm, every so mm-hmm. often, a being will come up to me who, I mean, I'm essentially doing a shtick. I'm essentially doing like a mm. mime routine on this bridge, yeah. right? <laughs> Like I'm essentially inventing my own job, which is like I give yes. directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 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 in but yeah. inside I'm like, this is just the place where all directions meet. I don't fucking know what directions mean, right? Like I'm actually like in this place where I'm like, this is a joke. Like directions are a joke. I'm a clown talking about directions. It's a total joke. Can you feel how funny and beautiful that is? Yes, yes, yes. And yes. and beings would come in various states of pain or regret or grief or confusion and they would basically like interact with me and I would invent the interaction. Mm. Like mm. so so I so like a being would come up to me and then suddenly I would be a little bug and I would like mm. interact with them as a little bug and or mm. then I would become their grandmother. Mm. And maybe give them a cookie, and they would take mm-hmm. the cookie, and they would take the cookie, and it would become a map, and then they would read the map and go, "I know exactly where to go," and they would go walk yes. off. Yes, yes, right. yes. So, so I had this part. This was part of a very long experience for me that I would routinely come back to, and I have sat with that for almost four years now because I go. That's actually the real art. The real art is this place over there that my spirit is doing this thing. And part of that is how I translate it into this world. But I'm not pretending that this is the real art. Yes. Because yes, this is yes, just yes, this yes, is just one yes, manifestation of that story. Yes, and someday yes, yes, I yes. might go back there and loo- and yes. actually take off the Darius mask. Yes, 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 yes. You know, like well, just and, be like, fact, Boop. Yes. yeah, 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 yeah. So, so um, when people, okay, so yeah. when people ask about art, I can, I can talk about it from a lot of angles, but the art that's most important to me is being true to that story. That yeah, and actually, I thank you for sharing that. <laughs> um, that i could easily say that like yeah that story demonstrates what i understand art is and does in in almost every way the point that 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 beautiful I, and i thought of the tarot and the fool that 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 voice what do i do with this i do active imagination and i always and i have a council that i talk to and i go there with you know and it always starts with the fool version of me with that same versions of just that same silly question okay what's going on here what do I have to look at? And it's, it's, you know, that's, that's the initiation. That's the portal quest. Um, there's so many things in your vision that are incredible. One, just to start, I think that we are functioning with those 17 brains all the time. I think that when we take certain substances that just animate them, we just become a little bit more aware, but our instincts and our intuitions and the subtle, subtle glitches of information we get from looking at a rock and is, is doing that. We just don't, we're not, our computer's not strong enough, like you're saying, to have all those screens open at the same time of equal, you know, so that, but we're doing it. So I, I think that 
I think, and 17 also feels really right. I think you said it spontaneously, but I was like, that makes sense. Like we're probably like, you know, maybe it's like levels, like we're generally like 16 to 23 or something. And we're all, but I, I resonate with that. So then going to the place of like um, this bridge, right? That tons of beings from different places have to cross over. I, I'm one of the reasons that I use um, the archetype of the artist and the and the model of it is that you know through it I get to put things in galleries and places where like bridges where lots of people walk through and I try and choose places you know central places in the heart of cities that like people can access or that also people can accidentally access yes. so I'm less interested in the gallery in the museum and more interested in different venues but also the gallery museum allows me to make the work uh, and protects it so this idea that um, that you're sitting there making these things that don't inherently make sense to you, they're just poof, 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 and then someone else takes it and is like, that's what I need. Um, and I love it, like, oh, wait, wait, well, you're giving maps, <laughs> you're giving maps that you don't know where they lead, but the other people know where they lead. And you're also, what did you say you're inventing? So you become the thing they need you to become in that interaction. I immediately thought of Jodorowsky. Now, I don't know if you have heard any of the stories of the tarot readings he does, but he'll give people like psychomagical instructions, totally. very crazy psychomagical instructions yeah. that they have to do. You know, a friend of mine had to do one. I won't go into the details because it's, it's ceremonial, but you know, she had to dress up in a certain way for her family Christmas and not say anything at all to just be, you know, and that itself. So that's very similar to, you know, turning into a fly and giving you this. It's, it's, it's like when you, you, you bring your thing to Jodorowsky and then he tells you something completely crazy. You don't understand why, but you trust him. You do it and you change your reality. Right. I, I mean, I love this. And, and the bridge even more so, like when I did the project in Hamburg, it was like, um, I mean, it was for Hamburg Machina, which was a festival on 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 um, urban art. It was it was led by the every city in Germany has a curator of public art, which really came after the war, and it was like it was so it's so important, uh, I guess, in the German psyche that art is for the public and that there's public art regularly created. So this project, it, it we, we did it was exploring the digital city. So the curator wanted. Um, he wanted a web-based artwork and a performance and uh, an exhibition that people could see. So he wanted the work, and I was cool with it. Um, so, so when we were talking about the actual live performance, he was like, oh, there's this really great gallery. It's just on the edge of the city. It's right by the forest. I could imagine we do a ritual in the forest and there's a collective there and they've been doing sci-fi and art for 20 years. And I was like, I kind of need to be in the heart of the city where all like where all the outcasts can reach it easily. I don't want people to drive in their car to this. And, you know, I need it to be in the heart of that. And he then he said, well, how about the oldest church in Hamburg? <laughs> and I was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've done a few things in places of worship. But I was like, OK. And he's like, yeah, the curator, the, the I almost just said curator instead of priest. Very similar. Yeah. Um, the priest is really into contemporary art. I Weiwei has shown there, Roni Horn has shown there. You'd be in good company. 
and then and then we did it. I mean, I ended up doing a liturgy in there, you know, in my queer sci-fi religion. But and this is a quite serious point and very but it's also very powerful. The curator is a dear friend who had cancer and he died the night before the performance. So suddenly and in and on his deathbed, he said, I want the performance to go on. So suddenly we were, you know, doing a performance in this church, you know, painted sci fi, etc., which then became the ceremony of the death of a curator that was important to the community. A bunch of the people that had come to the performance didn't yet know the news. So right before entering the artwork, they were told, okay, he actually passed away. So I was like, okay, I understand in a sense why the church chose us, why this chose us, but also I understand that it, that instinct in me, which I now I'll always see your amethyst bridge in, as that instinct in me that was like, no, 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 not in the forest. It needs to be in the heart. It needs to be in the, it needs to be at the place where beings meet and cross over where they're, you know, that's where it needs to happen. Marina Abramovich says the same thing. You know, you don't need art in nature, nature. You don't need art outside of cities because art is just there. Nature is a far greater artist than anything that, that we could create. We need them in these, these jungles of pain and trauma. And we need, all of these beings that are passing by on their various on their various quests or maybe even not passing by maybe wandering aimlessly we need to set these booths up where people can get something that they don't even know that they need right uh, and they can even get and this is what's so compelling about art is that you know there's a lot also he like i mean dudek's creating their own religion like there's a lot of people that hate me before they've met me and they're like they think it's just so like narcissistic and that they, they think okay it's great the religion's just doing a kind of like um art world bratty thing so people come like this and sometimes they even leave like that but then years later they come again and they're talking about it and it's you know it's it's worked whatever it was the initiation works even if you reject it even if you're like i don't like this and this this wasn't good for me it's it's not it's not a matter i don't my ego doesn't matter if you had a good time or if you even think it's good. The fact is it crossed your path and that intentionality, even on their part, because all of those, I'll just use your, your amethyst bridge as a continued metaphor. All of those beings are crossing that bridge. They might think they're only crossing the bridge to go get cigarettes at the store on the other side, but their intention is far deeper than they understand. And right. you as the clown, and, and the clown is beautiful too because we tar and feather ourselves. We have to, in order to, 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 to stand on that little, that little stage on the bridge. We have to make ourselves into the, into the absurdity in order to kind of break open that, um, that space for, for, for real contact. Yeah, and you know, to me it speaks to like, all reactions, all reactions are in some way divinatory oracles like a Rorschach test, like, like, like you, can, yes, yes. you know, you give, you know, art, art is a kind of Rorschach in the sense that like, yeah. if you react to it like a status game, it becomes a status game. Yes. If yes, you, if you yes. say, well, this was a great artist and I'm not as good of an artist. So I come to a museum to look at this great person and I feed them some energy and I also am angry or or maybe I'm just inspired and I go oh yes but I compare and contrast right I have this compare and contrast network brain thing going on 
yeah. that that is divinatory in the sense that like when you were staring at the grass for three hours um your one part of your brain is like there's nothing here about survival so i need to it's boring the other part yes. of your brain yes. though that can open up given enough time like meditation is to say just give me a piece of darkness to peer into you know just give me just give me any fucking thing at all and i will start to sort of like excavate the layers of reality that will just become apparent in my own consciousness you know just like like a dream emerges you know a dream emerges from the interaction with whatever you're interacting with right and and for for me my art or at least the hope that my art is, which includes a theory about it, because I, I'm actually just using art to describe it. Like I'm describing it, and I'm performing mm -hmm. right now. I'm I'm just like, hey, yes, yes, um, yes. But the point being is that, like, in any, there is no, there is no not in the sense that, like, you are mm -hmm. never actually broken in the sense that you can't experience this generativity that that sort of underlies all content right mm -hmm, and the, mm -hmm, and actually mm -hmm. it rides on the waves of the content so if you like for me i saw an amethyst bridge and it was called the twilight bridge because i asked the question and it gave me the answer now some people yes. could say some people could say well that's just your subconscious and or maybe that's the ancestors and i'm like but there's something even deeper than those places because I'm essentially, I'm essentially talking to the universe that has decided yeah. to take this image, and it's it's taking that image because of me and my ancestors and all of my experiences. It's taking that mm -hmm. image. It, it, it was nothing. It's like, is it a particle or a wave? Well, it's neither. It's neither and both until you look at it. And then it becomes it becomes a particle or a wave based on your position. So for me, for me, that is the art, pro art, art process is depending on my position, if I can just open up to that positionality, whatever comes mm -hmm. is exactly, oh, that's my position. In my position, yes. I see a bridge. In my position, I see yes. Gandalf. In my position, I see yes, yes. a queer religion. Yeah. It doesn't really yes. matter, but it really matters. <laughs> yes, yes. But also, this is also, I think it's that we're getting also something somewhere interesting, I think. Um, and, and we can use this case study because your amethyst bridge now describe now, now that it's in my index, yes. it describes now that insistence that I used a story to tell about why I think art needs to be central, right? Before you told me the Amethyst Bridge, that was an idea in my head that was a bunch of words with a bunch of images of various important central locations that I've stood in, and that sort of cemented into a, an idea. But because yours uh, is very visually rich and has a story, now immediately that was the most powerful symbol. So now I've now it's in my Rolodex. So now I know the next time I'm having the conversation, like with that curator, I just. I'll go to the Amethyst Bridge, which will bring me immediately to the zone of that thought. Yes. So I was thinking about the the visionary 
the person, okay, so we, we all have seen things like the amethyst bridge that take on different shapes and forms. A lot of people, like you say, in dreams, they don't necessarily remember it. Or people who are who have not been sort of creatively um, trained might have an image of something like that and then and then it's gone. They don't stay with it. The artist or, or the visionary who has the capacity to transcribe um, by clarifying and describing the shape by choosing. Okay, whoever chose the amethyst doesn't matter. It was amethyst in your viewfinder and your starship. Your ability then to then tell that story and to put into words the amethyst bridge and all that, you then make that zone possible for all of the other people who have experienced that zone. To, maybe their version was not an amethyst bridge. Maybe it was a glow globe. Like who knows what the fuck it was for everybody else? But they get it. They can resonate on it. And then they're like, oh, like right now, you you just offered the most poetic, compelling symbol of this thought experience dimension that I've always known. So now I've got it. Now I can just take yours and it not even yours, the one that you described. And for my computer system, it's a button that I can press. So I think we do that like when we and, and this is a thing that's really interesting in, in, in trying to inspire people to create their own realities or to create their own religions or whatever is like you know, you choosing to um, mythologize your existence is a it helps you a lot because you, you actually literally create a map out of randomness and chaos that you can go back to. But just the act of doing it helps others because you might tell a story eight years later to a group of people at a dinner table that desperately needed that symbol. So you're, you're, you're a receptacle of every description you've ever made and you're it, it and it doesn't you don't it's our it would be arrogant for us to think we understand what where these signals are meant to go yeah we we're just you know and 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 that ability to then um because i mean i'd obviously ask your permission but like it might it very well will come up in another conversation this question sure. of where to put art in cities with your permission, I would talk about the Amethyst Bridge because then you, it's just even Amethyst is gorgeous. It's like, that's another thing. Seduction is a huge part of initiation because if right. you, and lubrication, like if you bring someone in on a gorgeous image to a terrifying place, yeah, totally. they feel they can go there. You, yeah, you've totally. Just, you've just made the, you've just lubricated the slide to the underworld. Right. So, right. so yeah. Yeah, I think, and, and then lastly, I just wanted to say the thing about naming. Um, you asked what it was and they said it was the celestial bridge, right? But like naming is basic magic. It's yeah. not as though that zone's name is the celestial bridge. It's that you crystallized space and time into a moment that led to a name. And then that name is also a key that you can press and it's so so this the magical act and art of naming things is like that's the basis of alchemy and transformation because suddenly you know the cat turns into sylvia <laughs> yeah <totally>. and <laughs> you chose sylvia and maybe sylvia is your aunt's name but still you chose it and now it's sylvia it's completely transformed and the entity previously described as the cat is now fundamentally different 
because you've now called them Sylvie. Like, totally. you know, that that is also a huge part of art and initiation, I think. I think it's also a huge part of trauma healing because what I've found with people, and this is a pretty advanced technique, so like obviously don't fucking operate heavy machinery, whoever's listening, but um, for many people, they'll they'll have this like very ugly or non-aesthetic, a very, it is an aesthetic, but it's a kind of not a pretty aesthetic. It's like, you know, they'll talk about their trauma and it's like, oh, it's grief or it's loss or, you know, something where it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't evoke, it doesn't evoke a, uh, a doorway to anywhere else but if you ask people yeah. okay if you ask people okay so first you take one step and you say let's just use grief so you have grief you're feeling grief so let's just say that the spirit of grief is here right so you have this first step in naming where it goes from grief as an amorphous object to grief as a subject spirit yeah. of grief Yes, yes. That's the first step. Yes, yes. But then, but then, mm -hmm. what I invite people to do, if they can get to it, because it's, it's, I can't force them to the, do any of this stuff. But the point is, is I can go when you engage with the spirit of grief, ask it its true name. Mm. And and in order to do that, you have to really let go of your fucking def definition of what it is and what it like is it good or yes. bad you have to let go because if the spirit of grief tells you something like i am the luminous cathedral by which your ancestors br made bread and that's its a whole yes. name its whole name is like i yes. am the luminous cathedral yes. by which your ancestors made bread yes and yes. you yes. have then yes. you yes. have to yes. fundamentally change your relationality you have to yeah. yeah in fact in fact can i jump back to your, to your story yeah that's the map Right. You just that 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 drawing of squiggly lines, that's what that is. And then as soon as you have that, then now you have now you can do exegesis. Yes. And and I'm 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 you know, clinical like like I, I'm I'm hesitant around, you know, certain um what is it even called when you are when you officially get some sort of uh, condition. Oh, diagnosis and pathology. Yeah, your diet. Yeah, your diagnosis in whatever capacity, right? Like that. That is a spell too. Oh, it's and a total spell. It's so a total spell. Yeah, yeah. It's a total spell. It's and and it can be helpful uh, to research and to navigate and to learn. Like in the same way that it's helpful to learn about the terrain of Iceland. If you're going to go hiking, you need to know what weather to you know what that. But but the next step, which a lot of people don't get to is what you're describing, the excavating of it and what's buried inside of it. Yes. What I find is that, and, and, and I, I would even say this was, this was true with myself, and maybe it really got better when I started to do Jungian analysis, but I was only able to do that at a certain point when I could afford it. So, it, you know, I had wanted to do Jungian um, in my early 20s, and I didn't get to it until I was like 29. Um, but that notion of like sort of, when you go in and ask the grief what it is and it tells you that and you write it down and you treat it as though it's it's what an elder told you as opposed to oh well my brain just farted that out which which really you know even i catch myself sometimes being like oh that's not poetic and profound or like sometimes i'm even disappointed in my dreams because they're not as mythical and psychedelic as I would like them. Like, why is it at an airport? Couldn't it be on an amethyst bridge? 
Like, why is it in this boring place? So totally. then I don't, and, and usually those, are, when I would go to the Jungian, um, I could only afford every two weeks. The Jungian, they like you to go twice a week, but I could only afford every two weeks, which meant I had to curate which dreams to bring up because there were many. And very often the ones that I would think are the most meaningful. She was like, mm, no, no, I'm not so interested in that. Give me another one. And then when we would get to the sort of boring dream that I didn't think had so much in it, that was the ocean. And, and, and now I'm, because of that practice, I give more weight to those things that just come out. Like, again, I, it's quite poetic what you said about your, your, uh, your spontaneous description of grief that that um yeah. can you say it again the Did luminous cathedral by which your ancestors made bread <laughs> yes okay the luminous yeah that in itself if you i would argue probably because it just spontaneously came out is even more valuable but like when those things come out and you write them down and they and not and they're they're they can be very foreign to you even if you identify certain aspects of it then you start the excavation, which can take years of totally. like going into each word and each frame. And then, and, and you, and this aspect of reclaiming of like, of, of this being your own religion. I, sorry, I keep using exegesis. We, exegesis is the practice of picking a very small chunk of scriptural texts and spending like 40 hours and looking at the original word in Hebrew and what that meant and the numerology and what this meant. And you just, you, it's close reading and you just, and it never ends. If we do that with the stuff that comes out of our own volcanoes, I mean, and, and, and it's coming out all the time. It's coming like out right time. now it came out because we're having this conversation, but it can yes. come out with this yes. spontaneous comment you make when you, your sports team loses or That's something. Right. Like, That's right. um, so, I, and, and I just try to help other people. Like, like and, and it's a dear friend of mine. We were talking and they're trying to start to do some dream work and they were like oh yeah this is dream but like i don't like let's go there because you don't like it. and he's like well it's like it was like a, it was like i don't like video games my brother always played video games and he was in video games and it was like and i was like and then we talked about what was happening and, like, and then i was one of those like killer things and i was like this is amazing the fact that you hate it is even more incredible because then we can go like but had we not had that conversation, and he was wanting to tell me again the cooler dream. But then we got to the one that he was like, I don't think this is anything, and it's coming in a packaging that I regret. So therefore, it stays in the liminal. It's there. It's, 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 it's programming your life, but it's not developed because some aspect of ego or, or even or the fool is present and like, well, that's not, that's not the stuff of prophecy, right? you know, right. and, right. and, and then, and over and over, you know, also a lot of my dreams are in airports and that's also was interesting with the Amethyst Bridge because yeah. so much of my mission is involved with places where people cross over. So, yes. you know, airports are really interesting. I just hate them because I'm have to be in them a lot and, yes. but, and, and they're oppressive, but then they're also interesting because they're somewhat stateless and yes. they're and and they're fucked up because they're only for the rich. And so, yes. you you know, but it's a crucial metaphor in my understanding of my purpose. And yes. so, 
yes, if in a conscious life, I'll make it a spaceport or I'll make it the, a station on the moon. You know, I'll make it cooler. <laughs> um, but even a friend of mine, I, I mean, I'm very, very, I go to the stone circles as often as I can because I'm in Scotland a lot. And um, a friend of mine who's a witch, they just said they think that those rings are some kind of airport. Like he's, they, he just says, I, whenever I'm there, he, he very much described what you described on the bridge. Just tons and tons of, be but like coming and going, coming for a bit and then leaving, coming for, you know, like maybe it's whatever that airport that's the in-between airport that you need to go to to get to the <laughs> yeah, other space, sure. like, yeah, you totally. know? And I was like, that makes sense why it's so overwhelming for me when I'm there because I, I do have automatic reactions in me to when I'm in populated areas, mm -hmm. um, but I can't see them unless maybe I take the psychedelics or if I sit right. for a long time. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, you get you get to that point where you're. So it's like you know, it's like when you fast or you do anything that's like a long durational thing. It's like you start to even be able to like feel like the microbes in your gut, you know? Yes, yes, yes. And then yes. you're like, you start. Yeah. I remember the first time I felt that, like in my twenties, when I was like tripping, and I was, I freaked out because the mm -hmm. fidelity, the fidelity mm -hmm. on something that was dissociated for so long. Start, yes. starts you start to be able to like hear sounds in a register you're like ah you know you freak out for a bit because yeah. there's an yeah. there's a yeah. there's an adaptation process that has to happen and i i do think that like a lot of my work both involves people who have always been magical and people who think they've never been magical mm -hmm. and to actually go and to actually go look everyone's magical Everyone has these capacities, but we have to train them because they're actually kind of risky because like, it's like being given a magic sword when you're a baby. You don't know how to freaking yeah. deal with it. You don't totally. know how to deal with your magic amulet. Like that's yes. just weird, you know? Yes, 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 yes. So part of it is like, so part of it for me, which I find to be fascinating is like, most people think art and magic are very complex and very, um, like like luxurious as in the sense of like a lot of moving parts or a lot of intensity yeah. or a lot of like beauty and actually what i get to people to see is that like with you and wherever you're at wherever you're at and a piece of paper an index card and a pen yeah you can essentially find a wild vista of like fecundity yeah. and the job actually is to make it more and more subtle or more and more sublime because our propensity in this particular culture is to go over the top cinematic with everything yeah 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 and yeah. actually what i think is good medicine is actually you know like i made that i made that funny you know luminous cathedral because i think it's one way that the spirit talks to us they talk to us in very flowery ways right yeah. that's one yes. way yeah. but another way that the spirit talks to us is in almost like obscure yeah mm. obscurities obscurities <laughs> that don't feel magical enough yes yeah. and we have to get to the point where we recognize that very, very simple art contains within it this sort mm -hmm. of generativity that we're talking about. Therefore, yeah. you don't have to exhaust yourself to kind of yeah. chase an exaltation. Mm. You know, like like there mm. is there is something mm. for me about, and this has to do with like communal art and community theater and kind of like 
you know, activist clowning, things that actually very much don't, you, you actually have to lower the barrier to entry and you have to lower the cost, basically. Mm-hmm. You have to lower the mm-hmm. cost. You have to lower yes. the stakes. You have to lower the cost. You have to lower the barriers to access. You have to put it in the city. You know, you have to put it in the, the place that's kind of like not that great. You know, you have yeah. to like, you can't curate it exactly the way you want. You know, I do, yeah. think, I do think that there is a kind of art making or world making that is about sort of like the dandelion in the crack in the sidewalk, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. kind of like, isn't it amazing that like there's this whole parking lot and you think it's just a parking lot, but if you actually walked on that parking lot mm. very slowly, mm-hmm. you would find like all these tiny ecosystems mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. parking lot, the, the mm-hmm. pothole, the puddle, the crack, mm-hmm. the way mm-hmm. that the light, the way that the light shines on this particular concrete pillar at 2 p.m. Yes. or whatever, you yes. know? Yes, 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 yes. So that's, the, that's also the kind of, um, where you can see the mirac- miraculous in the mundane and you yeah. actually stop chasing something because it's yes, actually yes. right. You actually just start to tune your attention differently. It's yeah, not like, yeah, yeah. it's not like yeah. art is out there for special people that have magical abilities and are queer or indigenous. Mm-hmm. It's that, mm-hmm. it's that mm-hmm. queerness and indigeneity and animacy are inherent. Yes. yes so we have yes. to actually find where they are in us rather than <laughs> run out there for permission or something, you know, it's like whatever. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. But also, okay, the other thing, trigger, well, something shot, sprouted when you talked about the dandelion. Um, it, it, it's There's also this confusion I have around the idea of promotion, meaning if you were going to put an event in the world or you're going to do something like this, uh, and particularly, I am in a gallery circuit, so that... But, but in a way, I'm actually... One of the reasons I'm in a gallery circuit is that they often take care of that. So I don't have to. But increasingly now, because of social media and everything, like there's the expectation for me to be using all of my platforms to bring as many humans to that thing as possible, which uh, I am inherently against. And I didn't realize I was against it. I just thought I didn't like it because it, but like because there's parts of what I do that I have to do that I don't like but I realize no it's actually like I'm, I'm not into that idea because the people that are meant to experience it will experience it and it's not meant to like the cinematic what you described is that cinematic um uh you used I keep making notes and then I lose them which is hilarious so why am I even doing it um that that cinematic compulsion, let's say, yes. um, is also towards like, there. There is a kind of it can, it it can be like a, a a wolf in sheep's clothing in that it disguises itself as access, but in actuality, it's just ego wanting, you know, as many people to reinforce that this is valuable, um, rather than this being for however many people or whomever it was meant to be for. And I've done performances before where there's only even one person and sometimes no one is even there. And the galleries are, oh, shall we wait until more people? And no. No, no, no. Oh, and it's the, the, the event is its own. And that like, and, and what's interesting about this moment, um, not, 
I guess COVID is an extreme version of it. But in this moment now, because there's options for live events to also be experienced digitally. But what's interesting about that is that you don't feel the energy of those people there. So you don't know that they're even there. You, even right. if you're on Zoom, you only see a limited. So, so you, you can't actually knowingly engage with the egregore that's gathered around you yes. in that sense. But, but what's interesting, the dandelions coming out of the concrete is a performance for itself. But every person that sees that dandy, that single dandelion, as opposed to the fields of dandelions that they ignore, everyone that sees that sees that for a millisecond. They see it. So, so whether or not they stopped and looked at it and had a profound ceremony, it crossed their path. What's interesting is that I think the emphasis on promotion and people coming is should be even less now that we have the guarantee that an artifact of whatever you do is going to be it's going to cross other people's digital paths. So why does it even matter? And I like, again, I'll do the promotional stuff when I'm asked to do it just typically because it's part of my job. But I, my friend introduced me to this idea called narrow casting, like the opposite of broadcasting. And I was like, like your amethyst bridge. I was like, yes, that's what I, you know, it's like, there's a theory behind this inclination I've had all this time that actually and it because I didn't I never the art world can also be elitist and I'm also really careful that I don't want to exclude um, I want to include but I, I don't want to be um, peddling peddling uh, this this transformative um, dandelion come please come see this singular dandelion I mean that that's that I it's the antithesis to ask to beg for people to come look at that dandelion yeah you know yeah i do and i want to say that like my your your lament reaching my processing unit <laughs> mm -hmm. yes also also has the death clown of like can you imagine people dressed up in really expensive clothes like suits or Victorian frills and literally mm. the performance is begging people to look at a dandelion mm. coming out of the cracks? Because on some level, yeah. on some level, what yeah. you're talking about, this kind of promotion, marketability, celebritization, value, status jockeying, yeah. Yeah. all yeah. of those things to me are ripe for like very sincere satire mm, like like mm, can we actually mm. find the sacred if we go mm. so deep into the insane you know what i mean like we yes. go so yes. deep into the insane yes. like yes. just so yeah. deep yeah. like 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 please please take my flyer please take a please yes. take another flyer yes. please no i want yes. you to have 10 yes. flyers please take 42 yes. flyers yes 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 <laughs> you know yes and please make your friends come. Like, <laughs> even it goes on to a, a more, it's like a more, there's a personal one where there's this like, okay, well, I have to go see that because I, because I like this person. And like, like, well, no, I mean, don't do that. Don't, yeah. A, I don't do that to people. And right. it's interesting. I mean, I do know a lot of people that are, they'll, they'll even now things are online. They, they notify all the people all over the world to see the thing online. I just like, it's yeah. out there. Someone will see it or, you know, yeah. But that thing even that you feel interpersonally of like, okay, I need to be there out of duty. 
Yes. I need to look at this dandelion. <laughs> and I might I might not be even I, I have the capacity to look deeply at a dandelion, but maybe today I don't because I'm like on an amethyst bridge. Yeah, totally. I'm gonna pretend I'm looking at the dandelion to make my friend happy <laughs> even though I'm not there. Yes. I don't I don't want that. So right. I, I would rather have that one person who's there who's you know really who needed there. it more than anything. Right. Yeah. Right. But no, yeah, but you it. have yes. to yeah. And I, you know, yeah. I think I feel like, you know, what we're talking about is kind of the ghost of capitalism, right? Because without, yeah. without capitalism, we don't really need to um, ac accumulate a certain kind of thing in order to sort of like, justify our survival in a sort of certain mm. frame. It's like, you know, it, it's interesting, too, because I think both of us understand that, like, we're using magic to subvert capitalism in order to use mm -hmm. capitalism to pay the rent, even though like, yes. it's like, well, whatever, yes. you know, like it's so silly. Yes. Right? But, but the, yeah. Point, yeah. But the yeah. point being is like, you know, when people die, cause this is like my whole mm. thing is like when people die, yeah. they will yeah. only be left with like feelings unmoored from linear time. Mm. You know, mm. like, like, like you're mm. just, you're just like flooded. It's like you step into a stone circle when you die, right? It's like you're, you're yes, suddenly yes. flooded by emotions and memories that are unmoored from time and space. They're mm. just like, is yes. this my ancestors crying? Is this the future ancestors yes. crying? Like yes. who the fuck is crying? Yes. Like it doesn't matter because you're yeah. in the stone circle yeah. and the stone circle yeah. bends yeah. time and space. And that's just yes. what fucking yes. happens. Yes. And then yes. To, yes. Me, yes. to me, art and the generative sort of impulse that is art underneath its skin mm. um, mm -hmm. is also the, 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 the thing that happens when we really like die or we really get initiated or we really step to the edge of a cliff, you know, like it's not mm. like we step over the cliff, but we're right on the edge and there's a strong feeling, right? And there's a strong mm -hmm. feeling that is like impossible to ignore as a kind of fiction, right? And, mm -hmm, and for mm -hmm, me, mm -hmm. I, I try to gravitate and make the kinds of art for myself that make it so that when those moments come, your attention is trained enough to catch uh -huh. it. Yes, 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 yes. Because cause like what you said about the dandelion, sure, there's so many days where I don't give the dandelion its proper artistic due or merit. I don't give it the gaze that it des deserves. But, yeah. but I train my attention to at least realize that that is an option. Yes, key, key. Because even if you, because when you, when you, and that goes, I think, to this uh, notion I have about space and time and this as a training program, sort of in between thought or, or, or vision and manifestation, um, you have the capacity to at any point stop what you're doing and look at that dandelion. However, what you're carrying with you at that moment that you stop and look is going to contribute. If you know that, then you can use, that's why I started saying about people being bored. I get it. I was bored when I was a teenager and forced to do something I didn't want to do in like school in a way that I didn't want to do it. but when you train yourself then you know that you have that capacity so you can you can also 
because we know inherently that space and time are just relative, you can pass by that dandelion and say, okay, I'll come back to you when I have the force, even if that dandelion is not there anymore, as you seeing it was the, you have it now, it's there. And you will go back to it. It will go in the dream. It will like it's it, and, and I mean, the things that also populate our dreams, um, you know, that however many we rem consciously remember, but they're they're there. Right. And, you know, when you don't remember the dream, but then you're talking about something and then someone makes dandelion tea and then suddenly you see that dandelion. You're like, ah, the dandelion was in my dream. So it was there the whole time. It was waiting to sprout. The only difference, I think, between consciously doing this and unconsciously doing this is knowing when it sprouts, jumping on that and putting it on. Like, okay, so it's not like, oh, oh, this just this this revelation just magically happened. How lucky am I to receive this? No, it happened. Let's go with it. And also, I'm so I'm glad we get to talk about it because the way you talk about death and the way that you frame things in relation to death is so aligned with my understanding of really maybe even this whole existence is preparation for death, which I think you've written about, but, but also like art is training for death yes. <laughs> and, you know, and you die in order to, if, if, if you're going to look at the dandelion, then you do die. You have yeah. to die before you look at the dandelion. Yeah, and totally. if you learn that you're right, you get, you get, like you're saying when, when this one I can find, when the moments come, uh, your attention is trained, learning how to die allows you to arise and respond to the forces that come your path that are that, that 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 you didn't knowingly choose but that allows you also i mean that's even the thing about the hero right as much as i'm trying to deprogram that story yes. the thing about the hero is that they are willing to sacrifice themselves for another and it's ironic that that's heroic <laughs> because i think that's apparent and it's just really sad that that we that we have a some sort of mechanism that blocks that instinct but that the, the true heroism requires true focus in order to be able to give your life for another in a situation that's profound you need to understand that situation as a dandelion not as a not as a sideshow you know or like the moral intervention something is happening to someone else uh you're not physically strong enough maybe to stop that thing from happening but your instinct comes in and puts yourself in that situation that instinct is responding to the ecosystem of that moment and you might even be powerful enough yeah. even if you don't think you are just because you rose to the moment that's right and I, that tr that training that training i think again that's i'm hesitant around moral training because morality is also yeah. i think part of this you know yeah. but at the same time training to be able to act when when the symbol summons you yes is is i think i think that training crosses the threshold and stays with us in whatever form we are when we're no longer embodied yes yes and that's the that's those are those feelings that are unmoored by space and time is that like yeah it's yeah. like it's like we have to basically, and this goes back to why we're here, we're initiating, we're in the underworld. It's like the initiations mm. are the sort of focused lens by which you could actually practice these very subtle um, ways of making decisions, which are really, it's like, it's a decision-making process that is not, um, 
is not apparent, right? Or it is apparent, but it gets occluded. Yeah. It gets kind of obfuscated yeah. by our conditions and preferences and, and our desires and our pain. Yeah. But there's a way of sort of being which is very much like your actions are like tarot or like divination. It's like mm -hmm. you start to mm -hmm. follow mm -hmm. a thread that is almost impossible to describe, but you can feel it. Yes, and yes, and I yes, think the yes, I think yes. the artist I think the artist when they're making art, especially when they're making art that is ritually witnessed in the making, yes, becomes yes, yes. hyper becomes hyper aware of this following or this sensing the thread mm. kind of thing. And you see this in really great clowns and performers when they're improvising. It's like they go off script, but somehow off script mm -hmm. seems to be script. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yes. In fact, yes. I mean, the, the Dame Edna, who was one of my, when I was a I mean, child, I watched this interview show she had and, um, I, I don't know. I think she she maybe she was maybe the first drag queen I had access to on a public television. Yeah. Um, I remember an interview with her early on where she said, you know, the great a great performer makes everything look effortless. And the you know, I'm I'm also hesitant around the word perform because of its connotations. I think now because of performance theory, we understand it means many more things. But the what happens when you doesn't even have to be art doesn't need an environment when you have people observing you and you are responding to anything at all it's pedagogical because your ability like and this is ex leadership good leadership is like and there's certain people i am i am an alpha in this capacity that when crisis happens i become immensely calm uh and when everything is stabilized is when I feel everything. Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm the per I'm one of those people that you know when something goes wrong, someone comes and gets me if I'm nearby because I have that, and I do it, and I see people when I'm in it, even though, and we know about this, it's not wholly me. It's just I I give the vehicle to be able to do that, but I see them watching my deliberations preambulating it because it's it, you're and, and going back for a second you were talking about the decision making process i mean decisions is the that's the dna of art and magic decision incision alteration okay what do we know how do we and, and i think that's if i was reading because i have a cat now and i'm loving cat i wasn't a cat person so i learned a lot about cats and you know apparently they have like 500 million more neurons than dogs and you know and, and ravens have more neurons than chimpanzees and the way that this intelligence is studied in terms of animals is their ability to consult memory to solve problems mm. um so so and I, I i actually can resonate with that a bit like i whatever i mean i i, I wouldn't even want to define intelligence because there it's just it's like religion there isn't a singular intelligence but what, what I regard as maybe spiritual evolution or something is someone's ability to respond to whatever happens and to consult in the library of experience all of the different pathways it could go and make spontaneous decisions 
while accepting responsibility for them, like that is a massive spiritual obligation. Um, but to do that, like spontaneously, in situations that are um, morally messy, where there isn't an easy answer. When, when you witness someone doing that, even then this happens, this is, I think, a whole thing about cults and charismatic leaders. When you witness someone doing that, it has a seismic effect on you because you're, A, it's like, okay, they're the parent. I can trust. I will be okay because that person's around. Yeah. That energy is there. That decision is made with integrity of that person. Um, so I think that part of what you're talking about improvisation, I, the thing that's so interesting about improvisation is that it, like you say, it looks like it was planned. It only <laughs> looks like that because the practitioner has trained themselves to be able to hold uh, their responsibility whilst engaging in chaos. Yeah. And, and that, right? That, and then, then, but, the, but, the, but the thing is, this is the thing that's so interesting about performance in life, right? Like, you know, a spontaneous death in the family or um, um, or a house fire or, you know, all, these things happen and they call upon maybe even people that don't think, think of themselves as magical they don't, or, or people that don't think of themselves as leaders suddenly rising to an occasion and having to, you know, handle a situation. And that in itself is, I think, I mean, I guess I think about that as a performer, but that is the artistic act. Yes. Is, is actually okay i'm not going to just watch this thing happen <laughs> i i am going to affect it it's, particip- do that it's the participant the participatory drive i think gets down to it it's like i think a lot of like you know because magic and art because we can go because we're essentially breaking down distinctions and saying oh these things are pretty much the same but also in that similarity mm-hmm. there is the act of witnessing that seem there's the act of witnessing and not participating, and then there's the act of witnessing mm-hmm. and participating. So it's not like an either yes, orism. Yes, yes. It's 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 participatory yes. witnessing. Yes, 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 yes. Because that's another just to play on that with the metaphor of the crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, at at any point, it makes me think of the. Have you ever read the Desiderata? It was like a it's like a some document found in Baltimore in 1641. And it's got these pithy little, very beautiful suggestions on how to live. And it's very short. And it basically says, like, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but like, don't be envious. There will always be greater and lesser persons than yourself. But the thing is, I, I don't like thinking greater or lesser. In a crisis, there's always someone who know who could probably handle it better than you, who hasn't arrived yet or, or you know, so... If, if you're the one that's rising to the occasion of whatever it is, that observing aspect is also, that humbling observing aspect is also waiting and, and also waiting to see, you know, maybe the quiet person in the corner who doesn't say a word might have the right suggestion and and they might not have the amplification to say it. So then I'm ready and willing to be their microphone yeah, if necessary, totally. or I'll say it if I can't do it. And, like that's that's a good quote unquote leader. That's that that's 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 that humble holding of space while being subject to it at the same yes. time. Yes. And and that I think that's why it's that's why it's pedagogical. I think in art you learn how to live. And you don't but the greatest part is that you don't know that you don't know that that's what's happening. 
you, you think you think you're surrendering to something people think there's but they're actually getting a map from a from a clown on a bridge uh that is actually going to show them how to handle something but they don't know that that's right. what it is and yes. that's what's very magical about it yeah and it's very beautiful to recognize that we are all both the clown and the person receiving these these maps that are unintelligible until the moment of reference occurs yes exactly it's like, it's like yeah. if and I, then in retrospect in retrospect it all becomes yeah. a story but in i'm interested in it's that kind myth. of moment yeah. i'm interested in that moment where you arrive at an encounter or a pre-encounter and you and you go mm -hmm. what are the like i have what's in my pockets why do i have yeah, this I, oh and you suddenly yeah. go right and to me it's like all the dreams you've ever had all the dreams your ancestors have ever had all the memories that everyone has had that's all potential mm -hmm. to be in your pocket but yes. but the moment you enter your pocket like schrodinger's cat like the yes. moment you actually yes. enter the magician's hat yes. you know what i mean yes totally yes <laughs> then yeah. you pull out exactly yeah. only what could have been in your pocket yes 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 yes, yes and yes. that's i think that to me yes. that yes. that's where i'd love to end it for today because we have been on a ride it's beautiful yes it's beautiful <laughs> yeah I, I mean I, maybe i'll just add one thing to that is I'm often talking to people about the metaphor of the toolbox. Like, you know, everything that ever happens to you is a tool. Yeah. If, if you transform it, if you work like that, exegesis and everything, it's a tool. And, and sometimes the, 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 the packaging, the, 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 um, the, 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 the shell of it is hard to break through before you can actually really use the device. Um, but it's there. And the more tools you have in your bag, the better. But also then the more slow you are responding to things because you're like, oh, I've got so many options. Sticking your hand in the bag and pulling the thing out, you know, has proven in my only 37 years on this version, has proven the most effective way to respond. To, to not actually, like, on one hand, it feels naive because I say to people, develop your toolbox. <laughs> But then I'm like, yeah, but don't think too much about the tool. Like, once you've got it, don't think you've got it, and now you can do all these precise things. It's it's to have it to be able to reach in and pull out and respond, even respond to your own toolbox. That why did I? I don't need this. Yeah. Okay, but now is its moment. So yeah. So okay, we we just have to stop somewhere because I feel <laughs> really. I mean, this could be a this could be a durational yeah, interview. Totally. I could even not eat and probably do it for like thirty six hours. I feel, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think we just do a performance where we just talk. That would be. Um, I think that would be hilarious. Like talk, and then like sometimes you sleep, and then the other person yeah. is still talking. Yes. <laughs> Actually, Marina. No, Marina's institute. Marina Bromwich's institute, which she yeah. never did. But I think when she did the Serpentine show, that she had this idea that you have beds in installations oh yeah that's the only way to, the oh. only way to do it <laughs> then i mean that's the thing to because sometimes you need to even dream it to digest it that's right so that's right yeah yeah well yeah. um i am so i've been waiting to have this conversation with you and record it for a long time and yeah. i'm just so happy with what you're doing in the world and i'm just really 
hoping that our orbits continue to influence each other in the strange ways that they do because yes. I really I just really see and feel like that we're both like these these we're just both here in this weird soup and it's like yeah we yeah. both kind of are tasting the soup in a similar way and it's like oh do you taste the you know you yes. taste that yes. hidden flavor yes. you know the hidden flavor yes. Yes, but we're also giving to each other back and forth because I and I can't remember when I first be, well, I'm going to use the religious term, but began following you on Facebook because we've been friends for so long that, yeah. you know, the point where you started sort of using that as a platform yeah. um, and the unconscious kind of because I don't scroll on Facebook. So um, the unconscious kind of like I would just check in with yeah. you even though you didn't know I was checking in with you, like every so often just to like, you know, get a better hold on it. And, and I feel like I mean, that there's a mutual reciprocity. There's something that my work and its presence gives totally. to you. But I've been, I, I don't know, tapping into that probably for five years without like fully consciously like, uh, you know, I consult. Like, that's yeah. why even my word for you, like public, at one point I did say public intellectual. And I was like, I don't think they would like that because, you know, they, they are, you know, but, but, but I was like, the, the way that you, the way that that goes back and forth and the way that that can sort of just spiral back and forth yeah. Yeah. Um, is, I, I, I see that that will just continue. And also our circles cross over more and more. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'd love to, I would love, to, I will come to San Francisco again at some point. Um, uh, but I would love to, you know, actually maybe talk, like maybe talk for 10 hours around a dandelion totally. on a sidewalk, you know? Yeah. yeah, anywhere, you know, maybe even like, uh, I, you know, like Canada's pretty close. I don't live in San Francisco no, anymore. No, but I live, I in, live in, in Italy. You so, live in Italy. Well, you know, yeah. there's there's things that could happen. I'm just saying, mm -hmm. I'm just saying that like it's super interesting to sort of be these weird magical explorers on yeah. the same planet at the same time. And so yeah. I'm just really, yeah. I'm really yeah. grateful for the interplay of whatever is going on. You know? Me too. Me too. And it is, you know, it's very fascinating whether or not it's. It almost feels archaic to say like I'm in San Francisco. I'm in Italy. It yeah. it almost feels like I guess that's like being in a city and saying i live in brooklyn and i live in manhattan it's really not doesn't matter that yeah. what matters is actually those circles um yeah. but yeah i'm i'm uh, i'm also just honored and intrigued to be able to spiral with you in these ways so beautiful well to everyone listening um, we're going to list a bunch of things in the show notes so that you can see this art and you can see these projects and interact with them so um, I hope that you really enjoyed this kind of like walking into the middle of a conversation <laughs> you know? and yeah. the, all yeah. of the beautiful glitchery and the glitches of that. So thanks to everyone watching. I'm going to stop recording now. Blessings to all your relations and uh, blessings to you, M. Dudek, and all your relations. Thank you so much. And you. Thank you. <laughs>